your average MMA show, baby. This is Brothers in Combat with Serge Vicente and Darnell Giovanni. No need to fight. Just listen up and get it right. Brothers in Combat, baby. We rolling! Yeah! All night long. Boom. Boom. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to Not Your Average MMA Podcast, Brothers in Combat, the dynamic duo in MMA duos. This is Serge Vicente, the Fight Podcast. Joining me right next to me is the mystic one, Darnell Giovanni. Darnell, say what's up to the people. What's up, people? What's popping, Fight fans? We're back with another episode. No, we took a week off, but we're back. You know we're going to be here. Lots to talk about. Things are happening. What's going on on the West Coast, Serge? We out of here, man. It's it's beautiful. It's starting to feel like legitimately feeling like summer right now. So uh, weather's beautiful as always. People are kicking it, and uh, it's starting to feel like normal. I know you down there in Florida, man, and, and it's like y'all never shut down for the pandemic, but out here it's actually starting to feel like real life again. <laughs> Finally, good for you guys. You know, I've been. I feel like this <laughs> pandemic has been over here for for a long amount of time. You know how Florida is, but. We're good. The weather's beautiful. It's summertime. It's hot. Looks tropical over there. I love the plants in the background. I wish I need somebody to design this place with some plants. <laughs> hey, man, you know what I'm saying? We got to keep this Zen vibe cracking out here, man. You know, it's on the West Coast getting the crystals rocking. You know how we get down. Absolutely. 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 <laughs> well, dude, look, we've had, yo, real quick, I got to give a, a salute to, to, to Burt Watson. Bert Man. obviously does the intro to our shows. They salute to the OG, the legend for that. But he is back in action. And seeing him out there with Bellator for the last couple weeks has been phenomenal. Seeing him hyping up. They had the clip of Bert hyping up Chris Cyborg was Man. amazing. Hearing it again. Oh, it gave me chills. I loved it. And bro... You 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 you've been out there with the OG man. Can you can you tell us a little bit about what's happening with you and the OG? Congratulations, of course, to Burt Watson. I told you that we talked. My man with Bellator now. UFC made a big mistake losing that man because as you can big see, mistake. this guy takes that sport to a different level and takes those athletes to a different mindset, which is amazing nice. to see. Of course, I personally got to work with him down here at a, a bare knuckle event. Uh, he did some stuff over there, and yeah, I had to. Uh, I got the chance of assisting him. And let me tell you, I'm not going to tell you his age because he always says that. Well, I'm not nobody <laughs> my age. But for his age, for him to be doing what he does, man, this is why we do it, what we do it. He really does it. And the fighters feel it. He makes sure everybody's in the right places, of course, at all times. Salute to the man, Burt Watson. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to work with you. Fantastic, man. No, we see you out there moving, man. So we had to go ahead and give you a little shout out as well. It's it's really dope to see, you know, you guys out there doing your things. Good to see him out there. And and he isn't telling anybody his age, but I will say this. Remember this, people. We're talking about this man was smoking Joe Frazier's manager. Smoking Joe Frazier's manager. He was there for not the third Ali Frazier fight. He was there for number one, the first one. Oh, that's why I call him the OG, the OG. The Salute OG. to Burt Watson, man. It's crazy, man. But I'm glad you had that experience as well. I think that is really dope that you're able to go out there with Bare Knuckle. Yo, let, real quick, man. How is the production value in the Bare Knuckle, those events? Because it's a totally different vibe from most MMA and boxing shows. What is that like? 
yeah, it's definitely a different vibe in a sense of these guys are only having their hands wrapped and not their knuckles. So when they get back there, every fight was a finish. Usually in bare knuckle events, majority of those fights are finishes. And if it's not, they get beat up pretty bad. I want to salute to all those fighters uh, that were there that night and putting on a great show, putting their hearts on the line, putting their bodies on the line for their families. And it was definitely different in the aspect of seeing how much damage they take. No, really, no much, no, not too many submissions and stuff like that. Cause obviously it's bare knuckle, but man, it's very brutal, but it was very cool to be around. And I love this sport, maybe love it even more. The people that were there, the commission, oh, the, well, actually not shout out to the commission. The commission's a little, mm, but the doctors, the ambulances, <laughs> they were amazing. They made sure every, every fighter was safe. They got them to the hospital if they needed to go. The matchmaker, the owner of the promotion, it was really cool. And they took care of their fighters for sure. That's what's up. And I love it. I love seeing different. And it's a funny because when Bare Knuckle really first came out, we started seeing Bare Knuckle FC. I'm not going to stunt. I wasn't here for it. And I'm still kind of not all the way here for it. But I understand just like there's a lane for Jake Paul and all that nonsense. There is a lane for that specifically in Bare Knuckle. And the matchups are exciting. They're getting some big names. And at the end of the day, man, the fights are fun. And if the fights are fun and entertaining, how can you knock it? And to all the fans who want finishes all the time, that's a perfect sport to watch. There are a lot of finishes, and they're brutal. Just be prepared to see a lot of blood, and they get beat up pretty bad. Well, let, let, let's talk about people getting beat up really bad. And let, let's go ahead and transition to our first topic. This past weekend, UFC Fight Night, we had... The former champion, Cody Garbrandt, coming on to a friend of Brothers in Combat. We can just say that. He's a friend of Brothers in Combat because he's been on both of our shows. We're talking about the the the, the cartel's very own Rob Font, New England cartel's very own. They went out there on a five-round main event. And the only way I, I could explain this fight, and I want to get your opinion on it because I know I've spoken a little bit about it already this week. Yo, this was a one-sided ass whooping. It, it was just a pure domination. Not saying that Cody didn't have his moments because I believe he actually did. What is it that separated? What made the difference for Rob Font in this matchup, in your opinion? You know what's so interesting to see? Uh, of course, we watch all the pre-fight uh, interviews and we see how they talk to get the field, how they're going to be in that fight. The way Cody was talking, he felt that he would be a step ahead of Rob Font in every single facet of that fight. And it was a complete opposite. Rob Font was a step ahead of him in anything that they would do. So it was interesting in, in that sense. Rob Font was in there and he had a game plan and he stuck to it. He listened to every single thing that his corner told him. Cody Garbrandt, on the other hand, he wasn't really doing that. I don't know if it's a confliction between him training with Alpha Male and Mark Henry and not knowing who to listen to. And I feel like that can cause a lot of conflict with a fighter. Mm. But there was a lot of time Rob Font, Font was ducking his head. Cody Garbrandt could have threw uppercuts. His corner was telling him, throw an uppercut. Didn't do it. I don't know what the confusion there that happened, but Rob Font took advantage of every single situation. I know sometimes he got taken down, but he got right back up. He was scrambling. He was striking from the bottom. He was showing the evolution in his game and being with one team consistently. As you can see, that whole cartel, amazing fighters. I know uh, Max Holloway dealt with Calvin Cater, but that's Max Holloway, you know. That can happen, but <laughs> training with these guys consecutively, man, you can, and it's showing you how much better they're getting. And it's giving Rob Font that confidence that maybe he lacked a little bit long time ago. And now yeah. he's up there in the title talks. Well, dude, think about this. And I think not enough people are talking about this. 
Rob Font has wins over Marlon Marais, former WSOF world champion. He has now wins over Cody Garbrandt, former UFC champion, as well as Sergio Pettis, who is Bellator's current <laughs> bandweight champion. So if this tells us anything, this tells me that this man has, has totally arrived. And I'll be honest with you, when I watch this matchup, and I know a lot of people are making a lot of Cody Garbrandt. They're saying, oh, look, Cody is, you know, he has all the team stuff and, and he looked like he didn't know what he was doing or whatever. I honestly believe that Cody was was broken. Cody was broken for a couple different reasons. And I think it was totally because I don't think people are giving Rob Font enough credit. It was because of Rob Font. That's what it was. He feels as if in terms of Cody. That he is the best boxer in MMA. He said it time and time again. He believes it. He feels it in his heart of hearts. And in that fight, in the first round, you can see it in his eyes that he realized that he's not the better boxer, the best boxer in the UFC. He's not even the best boxer in that cage at that moment. In that very moment, when he first ended up starting to take those shots, and then Rob got up, I, I, I was watching a defeated fighter for the rest of the fight. I think it was totally totally Rob Font. I think that Rob Font also, you, like you said, you made a great point. You're talking about his game planning. You can see, for instance, every time Cody went to his old tricks, putting his back against the cage, trying to bait him in the exact same way that he baited in Rafael Sensau. As soon as he saw him do it, he brought him back into the center of the cage. Come back. And then he kept on busting him up with that jab. Did you see Cody's face afterwards? Oh my God. Sheesh. It was nothing. I don't think people are giving him and Rob Font enough props. Let me ask you this question. Do you think, because you know Cody was out for a while because he had the bad COVID and everything was killing him pretty bad. Oh, dude. Do you think mentally that affected him as well too? It's easy. It's easy to sit there and say, look, Cody had torn bicep, COVID, vertigo. Uh, obviously, the uh, what else did he have? He had vertigo, Some, uh, blood yeah, clots, blood, blood, blood clots, clots as well. He's had a lot of shit, and it's easy to sit there and say that. And yes, all of that could have come into fruition, but one thing we do understand and we do know as people that follow the sport as long as we have, every fighter is coming in with an injury. Every True. fighter is coming in dealing with multiple different things. We just don't... If if he went out there and dominated Rob Font, we would none of us even talk about that. We'll talk about how great he is and how amazing the double camps that he's doing. We'll be talking about all oh, how amazing he is. And we're not doing that. Now we're trying to find excuses. There's one excuse, people. His name is Rob Font. And and another thing, too, this is the first time I know Cody Garbrandt's been champion. Oh no, no, it's not the first time. He's gone five rounds before, but I've never seen against Don. Look, that fourth and fifth round, it looked like it looked like he was giving up. He, we did. And, and again, he, he, I, I, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes. In, in a Dominic Cruz fight, and Dominic Cruz is a high-paced kind of caliber kind of fighter that makes you move the whole entire time, he wasn't exhausted in that fifth and fourth, fourth and fifth round. But with Rob Font, because Rob Font was beating his face up, man, he looked up. like a whole different fighter in those fourth and fifth rounds. Dude, th- that's the first time I've seen Cody Garbrandt get knocked. I've, I've seen him get knocked out. So I've seen him lose. I've never seen Cody Garbrandt get beat up. Yeah. We saw him get beat up this weekend. That's a difference. And I think that, and again, he he was always able to hang his hat on. Look, 
I'm an aggressive dude, live by the sword, die by the sword. I was winning those fights. And he can arguably say that with each and every one of the TJ fights he can say that. He could even make a case that he did that. With the Munoz fight, he could definitely say that. He can't say that in this fight. He, He didn't have any moments that he was hurt. And here's another thing, too, that I think really discouraged him. He hit Rob Font with the exact same bombs that he hits everybody else with. And Rob Font ate them like cookies and kept walking forward. He, Rob Font is durable. He's tough. Here's the thing. And I know we're talking a lot about Cody because he's the, he's been the bigger name. So it makes sense while we're talking about yeah, it. Absolutely. Let's talk about, let's talk about Rob for a second, because I think a lot of people are making it seem like Cody is the bigger story. Let me ask you this. Where in your opinion does Rob Font go from here? Where does he go from here? Mm-hmm. He goes to whoever wins that Sterling versus Jan Mac title, uh, title fight. Rob Font gets that, that title fight. Because who so, else is going to fight? He's not going to fight. He doesn't need to fight. I mean, he can fight other guys that's on top of him. But they do you think they'll fight. give him Cody? The, the, do you think they will leapfrog the winner of Cody versus TJ and give them the title shot over Rob Font? Depending on what happens, the result of that fight. Because if one of them has a very impressive performance, especially if it's uh, Corey, TJ. oh Corey, okay, no, especially if it's Corey, because he's been on a crazy streak. And I feel like it has he a, been on a crazy? He's a, he's only on a one fight win streak. I mean, not a crazy streak. Excuse me. He had a really good. Well, he's had, he hasn't lost that many fights in the UFC. He's only lost one, right? Okay. To Aljamain. And then besides that, he was streaking before that. Lost the fight to Aljamain pretty fast. Who's the champion right. right now? And then he beat Frankie Edgar and knocked him out like nobody's ever knocked out Frankie Edgar before. So with the UFC, it's going to be like, who do we give this title shot to? The guy who just recently bites he knocked somebody out really clean. You can show that kind of a highlight. Or TJ, who tested positive for a performance-enhancing drug, to give him that title shot even after being in Corey? I don't know. I feel like, depending on who wins that fight, but for Rob Font, I personally think he deserves a, a title shot. Because I feel if, Cor- if Cody Garbrandt would have won that fight, title shot immediate. For sure. Oh, at so 1,000%. Why not give it to Rob, a guy who's been working his ass off for such a long time, putting in the work? Give that guy a title shot. And it shows and he's you earned that he's it. good. Everywhere, and he's earned it. I think. I think you give. I think he, he deserves a title shot, in my opinion. So I agree with you. I think Rob absolutely deserves a title shot. I, I think that it it's not even a question. It absolutely should be him. He's done the work. He's beaten the former champion. He's beaten the the, the number one contenders back to back to back. He's literally done it three times in a row. He's beaten the number yeah. one contender. He deserves a shot. I'm gonna throw a name out there. I want to know what you think. Dominic Cruz. I'm saying Dominic Cruz for this reason. The only reason because I know how the UFC works. We don't always get Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler. A lot of times I, I just have a bad feeling. TJ, because of his history, if he goes out there and dominates, he's going to get the shot. If, like you said, I think if Cody goes out there and dominates... He's the brand new toy. They they want you can tell they they're pushing, you know Cody. They want him to go out there. So if one of those guys ends up getting the title shot, I think for uh, for Rob Font a perfect matchup is Dom Cruz, somebody who has title aspirations, somebody who actually wants it. So that that that's how I think will be a good one, and it's that name recognition that I think could really work. I don't hate it, but I'm tired of these guys who've been. I get it, Dominic Cruz. You're a you. former, you're you. a former champion. You're a former champion, but no, you need to fight somebody else before you fight a top three guy. You're not getting that off the bat. I get it. You've been fighting for a long time, but no, 
I'm, I'm tired of that stuff happening. These guys who've been on a current win streak beating really big names, Dominic Cruz just beat Casey Kenny. Now all of a sudden you're going to fight somebody in the top three because of your name? No, not happening. Sounds good. Good for Rob Font's record. But at the same time, a little bit of a dangerous fight because the way that Dominic Cruz fights, he might look like a winner even though he's not, you know? Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I don't love it. I think Rob Font should be right there. Title talks after all these things in the, the bantamweight division unravel. And I think I, I couldn't agree more. And I think, and I'm this is going to sound crazy. I don't think Alderman Sterling is coming back this year. And I think they're going to do an interim title fight between Peter Yon and Rob Font. Saying it right here. I'm saying it right here. You know I'm what? Look it. Mystic, Mystic Black might have dropped it. one for us today, boy. Because I don't think that, I, I don't think he comes back. That was a neck injury. I know he's trying to rush it and try to come back because he probably feels the pressure of people and talking about that title and saying he's a paper champ. He cheated, all this stuff. No, I don't think he comes back this year. I, I think if he goes to, into a camp for Peter Yan, he's going to have a lot of issues with his neck. I think he should take his time. Interim title fight, Rob Font, Peter Yan, book it, October. Hey, and you know what? It's <laughs> a bad matchup for Peter Yan, dog. That, that's a, that's I'm going to call it. That's a bad matchup for Peter Yan. Peter Yan, what did he do in the, on the on the feet? Right, he was able to out jab Aljo to end up getting on the to hurt him and to get on the inside. He's not going to be able to out jab, uh, dude. And you heard with uh, what I don't know if you heard it, but Rob Font did go out there and say that he was comparing specific fighters, and he said that he believes for him Aljo will be a tougher matchup. He said Peter Yan is just like Cody. He was like, yeah. that's the same guy. So for him to go out there and say that and to acknowledge it, when he said it, I was like, you know what? He's right. That's what that Peter Yan, that Peter Yan Corey uh, Cody fight would have been super entertaining because yeah. it's the same dude. Hearing this now, woo, I don't know. But let me ask you this. I do have a question. Mm-hmm. He was 11 and 0 when he got the title, when he beat Dom, Dom Cruz and we looked at him yeah. as if he was the best, the next big thing in MMA. He seemed like it. The UFC was pushing him. He was out there. Since that point in time, now he is 12 and four. So he is one and four in that time. Three of them were knockout losses. One of them was a dominated, dominating uh, loss. Is Cody washed? Is he on his last leg? What's going on? No, because he has some advantages that other people don't have. You okay. 29 years old. Only 29. I understand he's taking he's taking damage from the, the 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 knockout losses, the three knockout losses from Pedro, from TJ two times. Unfortunately, he got those knockout from TJ, and you know TJ was on the juice, so that sucks to see that happen. But and he just took nah. a lot of, he just took a lot of damage in this last fight too, as well against Rob Font. My thing is with 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 uh, Cody, stay in one camp and take your time for your return. Took a lot of damage. You've been taking a lot of damage in your past couple fights. Take your time. Let your body recover. You just had COVID and you had the COVID really bad. Let your body recover, but stay within one camp. If you're going to trim with Mark Henry, stay with Mark Henry. Don't go back and forth between California and New, and New Jersey. It's too much. It's a lot on the body. You're just adding more to your body. Don't do it. I don't think it's a smart idea. I do not <laughs> think he's washed. I don't think he's washed. I think he still has a lot left in him. Mm-hmm. Maybe at 125, that might be better for him. You know, I, maybe that they're going to be fast down there. They're going to be fast as shit. But maybe 125 is a better look for him because 
honestly, if he's going to fight the same way that he did, I don't see him beating too many Bantamweights, especially not in that you, top five. If he goes out there fighting the way that he did and tries to fight Davidson Figueroa at 125, he gets stopped. Oh, yeah. Like, Fast. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fast. Like, Davidson. So, Hudo Dillashaw, part two. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's going to be bad with dude. And, and, yo, I think people forget how dope Davidson Figueroa. Davidson Figueroa won his, won his belt and defended it three weeks later. <laughs> the only reason that fight was a draw in the way it was, was because he had to cut so much goddamn weight. I'm, I'm going to be the one to say it. That's the only reason that that fight was as close as it even was. Sure, that fight is going to be a massacre, this I, rematch. I'm mm, telling you. It, I, I, I don't know if it's going to be a massacre, but it's, it's gonna definitely not going to it's gonna be. It's going to be rough for Moreno, for sure, because it was kind of rough for him in that fight as well. And I think now that Davidson's going to have way more time to cut the weight, hopefully he's cutting the weight correctly. If he comes in shape, it's going to be a rough night for Moreno. But he, Moreno, he's got that Mexican blood, bro. Those guys are not easy to finish. They're not. We'd have proof in the pudding from every other Mexican fighter that's been in that cage. You don't, don't see mean they don't lose. These guys, I mean, they got, yeah, they got, so you might still lose. I still feel like he'll be in there for all five rounds, for sure. He's too hard of a guy to finish. He was taking some, he was taking some heavy shots in the first fight. Some heavy he shots was. that would stop any other fighter. And and I still had him losing that fight. So I mean, but you know what? It, it, there is this is the most intrigue I think any of us have had in one twenty five and one thirty five in a very long time. I mean, these mugs are so th- both weight classes are stacked. I've said it. Bantamweight is the second deepest weight class in the in all of UFC. So it might many. be the second. You know what I mean? So well, what, what you, so many literally from from one to ten can literally contend for a title. That's how dope they all are. It's crazy. And yeah. and here's the thing. And I'm going to say this about Cody because that's I'm going to answer the question. Do I think Cody Garbrandt is washed? I don't. He's young. He has a lot of things, but I will say this. I don't think Cody is elite in the way that people thought he was elite. I don't. I don't. He has way too many glaring holes in his game. And one thing that he's proven to me is this. Once, and this is what always happens to the guys in UFC. They get to the top. Look at Dom Reyes. Get to the top. You start beating elite guys. When you fight, you fight these elite guys. And this is why MMA is the best sport in the world. The best are forced to fight the best. And we're forced to see who is actually the real ones out there. And Cody Garbrandt, look, real recognizes real. And you looking real unfamiliar. I hate to put it like that. We're going to see Cody Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt, is, this is what's going to happen to Cody Garbrandt next. They're going to feed him to Sugar Sean O'Malley. <laughs> that is the next fight that is going to happen for Cody Garbrandt. Because, yes, Cody has a name. He does. And, and what do they do with their stars and people who are former champions? They feed them to their up-and-coming stars. Because it's one of those things. One of two things are going to happen. Either A, we have a legitimate, bona fide, up-and-coming star that we can sell. Or this old champion, who we can still sell and get something out of, is still here. Also, I think about it like this. If he takes this L against Dude, and, and this is the reason why I thought specifically that he would lose to, to, uh, to Rob Fine. Six and a half reach advantage. Six and a half inch reach advantage. I think it's like an eight inch reach advantage for Sugar Sean O'Malley. Way bigger. It's, even, it's even bigger. And he has more height. I'm telling you now. 
he takes that loss, we're going to see him fighting in Bellator. And I'll be very honest with you, even there, the top five in Bellator is nothing to fuck with. There's no guarantee he wins there either. Because I'll be honest with you, you, I I would pay to watch Cody Garbrandt versus Raytheon Stotts. Come on. And that's not not a guaranteed win for Cody at all. We're definitely gonna we're definitely gonna find out a lot about uh, Cody Garbrandt in this next fight. And something that I forgot because I remember when Cody first got that title shot against Dominic Cruz, and I did not think he deserved it because he didn't beat that many. I neither. Exactly. His, his win he before didn't. that title shot was uh, what's this guy? Who did Sugar Sean just beat recently? Uh, Almeida. That was that. It was against him. Yep. That's who he beat before he got a title shot, and then I think before that he beat uh, Marcus Brimis Brim and and. Somebody else. He didn't fight that many high. And another cab fighters. driver after that. He beat some other cab driver. It. So, like, he ha- at the same time, he hasn't fought the most high-caliber fighters as well before he fought for the championships. And we saw when he fought a very high-caliber guy, even though he was on steroids. DJ Dillashaw, look what happened there both times. EPO. He got knocked out in the second round. If he knocked out in the fifth round, that would have been like, ah, the EPO got him. He got knocked out in the, the first and sick. Juice is juice. Nah. nah. I will, I will nah. always... I will always add the asterisk because it is proper to say it. If they were on anything, I'm going to put the asterisk on it. Okay. I, hate, I understand that. I hate any kind of juice. I don't care what juice it is. V8, fruit punch, Gatorade. Don't put it in your system. Damn it. Just be natural. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's very intriguing to think about that because he didn't fight the highest caliber guys. And now that he is, he's having some trouble. So it's going to be interesting to see who they give him next. I think you're right with Deshaun O'Malley. They'll probably do that. And that's going to be very tough. He, he has heat. But look, let's move on because uh, you have anything else you want to say about, uh, about Cody or these dudes? Let me see. Nah, congrats on a man. big win, and I hope to see him get a, a title shot. That would be awesome. Calm yeah, guy, really cool guy, very open, has a really good story. I think that would be awesome. I think it would be amazing. I think he deserves the title as well. Somebody else who has had the title before, but we're looking at it, might be back. The Cookie Monster. Carla Esparza, fam, I'm going to say it. I counted her out years ago. I counted Carla Esparza out so long ago. I thought she was one of the most boring athletes in that weight class. I didn't even know why she was there. I have talked so much shit about her. And you know what, Carla? I'm sorry. You, you, you have. She has developed her game, and you can tell... I think it was a, 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 a learning curve. I think she had a learning curve. I think that she really had to grow and develop. She won the title using her wrestling, beating the current champion in Rose Namajunas. Dominated. In a, dominated. Dominated it. And then she goes out here, submitted it. She submitted Rose Namajunas in the second round. Now she goes out here. Somebody, Jan Jonan who all of us looked at like was the next best thing. I said she was probably going to end up being champ. She's that good. She was my dark horse for the division. Just just blew her out the water. Only the 11th stoppage via crucifix TKO in UFC history. Bro, what were your thoughts about this fight? Man, just like you said, Carlos Barza, I counted her out a long time ago. I'm just like, damn, I don't think she can get better from this. Her, her striking doesn't look good. She took some time off. I remember that time period she took off. Like, what's going on with Carla Esparza? What is she doing? Is she injured? She wasn't injured. Nothing. You know what she was working, doing? Working. Getting better. She was working. Working with her with her camp. And she came back, and she's now on this winning streak. And she's not having performances to where it's like, oh, she might have lost that. No, she's dominating all these girls. 
dominating them exactly. Well, she she did have two. The two fights leading up to this were split decision wins that were close. One was against Michelle Waterson. That was a close one. And yeah, Marina, those are close, but she still won. It wasn't a robbery. She still won. They made they made the Marina one seem close because of the the stand up. I don't think that one was that close. Marina was getting dominated on the ground and she could not get up. To me, that's not a split decision. Depending on everybody else watching that, Marina Rodriguez, as you can see, is killing people right now. It's looking really good. So the fact that Carla did it to a girl like that says a lot. Says so much. But I'm watching that fight, and I'm there's no way Carla's gonna just take her. And just dominate on the ground. This is not going to happen. Oh my God, she obliterated Yanzi Onan. I couldn't believe that that happening. Yanzi Onan hasn't been dominated by anybody, even like a, a Claudia Gadela, who's usually dominating the people on the ground. Nobody hates her like that. She couldn't do it. And, and and she went in there. Carla went in there and showed us what brought her into this game: wrestling. Just like Habib, you know what you you're good at, and you're going to make sure that you are as dominant as possible with that tactic, and I feel like she's gotten better on the ground. Like, her grappling has gotten better, Facts. something like that. But for her now to be able to call out the champion because she already beat her, and as impressive as she's looked lately, and not too many people have tried to take Rose Namajunas down. They Seriously. always want to stand in vain with her. Rose has not been on her back in a long time. But when she finds fights Carla, she's going to find herself there. Oh, dude, I'm with you right there, man. And, and I'm sorry, we're like... That as I was trying to to do uh, talk that talk, my damn camera f- freaked out on me. So give me that's a high okay. second. You still hear me, all right, right? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you, dog. I swear to you, bro. We you hear me? Okay, cool. We gonna keep I hear you. Yo, I, you keep talking, and I, as I fix this, you dig. But uh, yeah, Rose is gonna have a lot of trouble with Carla Esparza because I haven't seen Rose on her on her back in a long time. Her grappling good, yeah. Rose's grappling I is agree good. Agree with you. It's her bread and butter. That is her bread and butter. And Carla, or hold herself at least there for a good amount of time, and then put you on your back. And that's one thing that I appreciate about Carla Sparza's wrestling is that she's gotten so much more aggressive within her wrestling, right? And she's actually going out there and trying to stop people. And that's one thing that, ah, look at me, I'm back. Okay, uh, <laughs> she was trying to, um, one thing that I didn't like that she was doing, what was that? You hear me okay? No, you're good. Yeah, okay, you. okay. So one thing that I was saying is that, did she, and that one, I, I was just like, dude, she's just a wrestler. She's just a wet blanket. She's not trying to finish anybody at any point in time. Well, she went out here and finished somebody that hasn't been finished. In the way that she did it, because one thing I look at is this. She only had two finishes in the UFC prior to this. And just one of her, so she had her, oh, actually, one. this is only her second finish in the UFC, which was, her first one was against Rose Namajunas. And before yeah. that, yeah, before that, she her first fight was a TKO finish in her career before she got into the UFC. So... Yeah. When you look at it, she she hasn't been a finisher. So for me, I've always looked at it, and I and I think unfairly so. I judge fighters based on that, right? If you can't finish somebody, you're not going to be able to be elite and finish people out of there at the top level and win. But she's proven that she she can control them and do that. So my question is, and I'm really curious to see how, for instance, Rose Namajunas hit her game evolved. 
because both of their games have definitely evolved. Now we can we can definitely say Rose's stand up is so much better, but can Rose keep herself off the ground with this new Carlos Barza? I love what I'm seeing from Carla. She's proven that the Cookie Monster is real, and I think she deserves a title shot. I don't think I don't think there's a question about it. Dana White says he wants to give it to Wei Zhang. I think he's fucking tripping. I think you need to give it to Carla Esparza. You can build it up already. You have a, like that's a legitimate matchup that we want to see. We saw the the, the Whaley fight. That was an ass whooping. I don't need to see it right now. Yeah, and that wasn't a lucky kick. That was very tactical. No. She knew what she was doing. There was no lucky in that fight. I know well he's been on a winning streak, but no, you don't get a rematch after that. You got to build yourself back up now. You know you got to go to the not a complete back of the line, but you're still number one ranked and show people why you are number one ranked and give Rose a different matchup. I'm tired of seeing Rose have to fight somebody twice after she has a title. No, exactly. give her somebody that she's, that she's lost to before and see if she can be her the second time, you know? And this was a long time ago. It was, this wasn't one year 2014. ago. What, 2014. 2014. Seven years ago. I like that fight. Make it happen. Carla didn't take damage in that fight. Rose definitely didn't take damage in her fight. We got October open, baby. Add that to that. Add that to that same bantamweight card. Let's go. Let's go. I, hey, Sean Shelby, brothers in combat are here for you. This is what we do. All right, make the make the fight happen. <laughs> I think Carla Esparza had the most impressive performance of that card. To, for me, I, I hear it was there. It, it was there. I, I gave it to me. It was Rob Font, even though I, I think, you know what? No, I'm going to give it to Carlo as well, because I expected Rob to do what Rob did. I didn't expect Carlo to do what Carlo exactly. did. So I, 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 that, that's a good point. I'm going to, I concede to that one. Absolutely. Um, let me talk about somebody who didn't really do well. We don't got to make this a long, t- a long topic, but I have to, act, I got to ask you about it. Jack Hermanson, <laughs> Edmund Shabazian. <laughs> Edmund Shabazian was a brand new toy. They gave him to the Lipness test. And Derek Brunson, he broke the toy. Then they gave him to another dog in Jack. He broke the toy some more. Bro, what's going on? I don't understand. I didn't understand that matchup when it came up. Edmund is a guy that was on the Contender Series. He's one of Ronda, Ronda Rousey's guy that trade over there in California and Glendale. And... They put him against Derek Brunson, which I felt was risky. But you know what? It could come with it, its rewards. But unfortunately, it didn't. You want to bring up a guy like him who's as young as he is. How old is he? Is, is, uh, 23. 23 years old. And you take him and you get, put him against another really good, experienced grappler. I thought that was a bad idea by the UFC. And I felt that was exactly what was going to happen. Does Shabazz, Shabazzian have... Uh, age on his side. Yeah, he does, but taking that, he's taking a lot of damage the past two fights. Like, bad. Very, very bad. That that third round was devastating. Brutal. This is, these are that kind of uh, performances where a guy might, might be like, you know what? I don't want to fight MMA anymore. We're on age 25, 26, and decided to do something else completely different. Especially concussion-wise, too, because he's getting hit in the head. Bad, man. Very, very bad I don't know. It doesn't look good, too good for Shabazzian. They're going to have to give him somebody outside maybe the top 20 of the USC, not the top 15, because that's not working out for him. But I think if he takes some time, maybe go somewhere else, because you know me, I do not like Edmund Taveri. I think he's one of the worst coaches in the history of 
MMA, my personal opinion. I know he had Ronda Rousey. Him and Joshua Fabia, in my opinion. Oh, God. Is he even a coach? I'm not even going to consider And Ido Portal. The all three of them in the same boat. Those are not coaches. Those are guys who just are spewing some kind of false information (laughs) to these guys. But I think Edmund is a a terrible coach. and, And it shows you on the fights that they're taking for Edmund. If they offer me that fight and I'm and I'm his coach, eh, I'm good. Let's let's fight somebody else. Let's get your mind back into this game because if you take another damaging performance like that, that's very damaging to this fighter. It's not good. It's not good for the mental. It's going to be hard for Edmund to come back. I know he said I'm good, guys, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think he's okay. I, I agree with you. I I think it's uh, he does a fa- fantastic job. He says all the right things. I mean, the kid's media trained. He's been around the media since he was 15 years old. He he understands what's to say. He's a sportsman. I appreciate it. But the UFC definitely pushed him too fast. And the, here's the problem. When you come to the UFC, you have to be almost a finished product. You don't, We don't have the benefit of having 11 years in your career, especially if you come on with a little heat. You don't have the, the Charles Oliveira you know, Max Holloway track where I can sit here and kind of build into it and grow into it because I was 20 years old coming in because he came in with Ronda Rousey. He was the Ronda Rousey kid. And and then he went out there and then he beats Brad Tavares, knocks him out. So after that, it was off to the races. But I, I think the Brad Tavares fight showed us that he's very talented. I think in the striking, you can put him in there with almost anybody. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have an all-around game, which brings me to my my kind of point is that the UFC just does such a terrible job. And maybe it's not their job, right? I think Bellator does a better job of bringing up talent. But what can you do? What can they do? Is there anything that the UFC can do to fix this? Or is it up to the management to just pretty much say at the end of the day, we got to be better with our people. We got to take our time with people, make sure they're 100% ready. Do we have to bring them up there like Jerry? I mean, is that how they got to do it? Does everybody got to get 20-something fights fighting in a different organization like Jiri or shit like Adesanya? Smart on Jiri and Adesanya. Two guys who got offered UFC contracts and said, no, I need more experience. I'll be back. They got it. Two, one guy who's the champion right now and one guy who might be the champion. Smart on them or whoever. I don't know if it's them. I don't know if their team, their manager. Very smart. It just shows you that Edmund is not around the right people. I, 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 could, I couldn't agree more. I think it's a great point. Um, <laughs> which, let's go ahead and transition. And first of all, everyone who's watching live right now on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, everything in between, thank you guys so much for joining us in on Brothers in Combat. This is episode 10. We're getting it out here for you guys. Uh, I want to talk about this. Let's go ahead and move this transition to a little bit of fighting news. Now, oh, let me ask you this. Do you want to talk, just mention Bellator? Because that, that Bellator card was... It wasn't the most entertaining card. I think the only thing that really was on there was the the cyborg win versus Leslie Smith. The it, it wasn't it was a calculated great performance by a cyborg, but it, there's I mean she won. Was there anything else you really want to talk about with that one? I think she gets uh, what's it called next also. Uh, I'm not sure who she's gonna fight next, but I want to give a shout out to Hannah guys. For it looks like that she might get Kat Zingano next. Kat Zingano, which would be great. I'm glad she called her out because I don't know why Kat Zingano keeps fighting all these blokes that. She definitely knows that she can beat. But shout out to Hannah, guys, because Absolutely. she was definitely no, underrated in that fight. And they thought that Valerie Lareda was going to run through her and just, you know, keep building Valerie Lareda's name. But 
Anna Guy, shout out to her. Shout out to Valerita too as well because, listen, the girl's very young. She's 22 years old, putting her body on the line, training every day. She's trained with Beast and Amanda Nunez, Kayla Harrison, a lot, a lot of those, a lot of those girls. I know people talk a lot about Valerita because she shows her body, does this, this, and that. Listen, that girl's making a lot of money. Do what you got to do to support yourself. If that's the route you want to take, go ahead, do it. None of my business, but I just hope that she takes her time to develop that ground game because as you can hear from her coaches in the corner, they literally told her her ground game is atrocious. They told her her yeah. ground game is atrocious. For them to say that, yeah. they might know something that we don't, right? Yeah. So I hope she goes in there and she's putting in that work. Maybe some less selfies, but <laughs> I just hope that she comes back strong. She's very promising because she has a good Taekwondo background and she trains with a lot of beasts in there. It's possible. But we'll see what happens next with, with Valerie Laredo. And another thing, too, I understand the whole I don't want to tap thing. If you are in that deep of an arm bar, just tap. You want to be out for months? Just tap. <laughs> I, I think that's the most ridiculous thing. People make it seem like they try to make it like this like toughness thing. You know, if you're in a position, that's the beautiful thing about tapping, right? It's when you get knocked out, you can't tap. You got caught. You go to sleep. If you're in a submit, that's the beauty of tapping. You got me. I can't get out of it. I know I'm defeated in this, this position. I'm going to tap to stop myself from getting injury. That's not yeah. being scary. That's not being pussy. That's just being smart. It is what it is. Valerie Lareda is promising as she is. First of all, salute to her corner. Salute to her corner for keeping it a bean like that. Not enough corners do that. They yeah. were out there. Actually, told her like, "Hey, this is total bullshit. You need to get your shit together." You know, I loved what I saw. Stop with the spinny shit. She went back out there and did some more spinny shit. But they asked her not to. And um, that's quality cornering work. Valerie needs to, honestly, I'm not saying, look, make your money. Make your money. And I saw her getting a lot of hate over the weekend because of, like you said, what she does and how she promotes herself, whatever. Look, man, she's bodied up. She, she, she can fight. She's making money. I'm not mad at anybody for making money. But there's a responsibility that she has to do now that, hey, you got to get better. They, yeah. they let Aaron Pico, you can you are allowed to take losses in MMA. This isn't boxing. You can take an L. That's okay. You have to get better. And here's the thing. We can't see you lose for a long time. She has to come back stronger. She has to come back better. Because look at Aaron Pico. We looked at Aaron Pico like he was going to be the truth. Now he's fighting on Bellator's undercards. Okay, now it might be better for his career. He might end up being the best thing since sliced bread. At least now he's taking the time. But Valerie needs to get it. She needs to get it together. Like that. That was that wasn't a good performance. Aaron Pico is out there getting better, which I'm very getting like, better. Good, good, for, good on him because he could have. He noticed that where the, the mistakes he was making, where he was making the mistakes, what team he was training with, that probably wasn't the best idea of his tactics of the way he fought. Because if you look how he fought before, he fought the same way like TJ fought, you know, to sometimes overly too aggressive and you end up paying for it, you know. But I want to say one thing, too. Aaron Pico is probably one of the most exciting fighters. One of the most exciting fighters in the game. Yes. All finishes, either he's getting finished or the other person's getting finished. Straight up. And he has this mindset now 
to where I, 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 and he's actually fighting in June. So this is kind of perfect to add this in there. And he has a mindset that he wants to go in there and show what he's been working on. Go in there and just get on those crazy bras. No, you saw his last out? I thought he killed the man. I thought you know he who he reminds me of? Mm-hmm. Do you know who that reminds me of? And then that mentality? Somebody that a lot of people discounted. Somebody that I've been very high on. We're talking about the current UFC lightweight champion, Charles Oliveira. <laughs> That's a guy. He's going out there. I needed, I, hey, I had to get him in here somehow today. <laughs> hey, me, but think about it. Live by the sword, Sergio. die by the sword. Good fight. Good what fighter. That? That's what Pedro just said there. Let me, let me translate for Sergio. Good fight. Good fighter. <laughs> Please get Charles Oliveira a better translator. I'm going to put it out there. Get oh, yes. Better. Better. Yes. You're yes. not translating yes. what he's saying correctly. Check yes, it out. I, I agree with that. I'm not, I, don't I watched it. But you can, you can, you can tell. <laughs> I, so here's the thing. Darnell and I go back and forth with this one. I agree with him this time. I'm totally fine with athletes having translators. I'm totally fine with athletes not speaking English. Have a good translator, though. Like, come on. Like, that, they, like make sure the person's on there. Like, you know who my favorite translator is? Was Yoel Romero's translator. I love guy. that guy. I don't know what happened. I to love him. that with guy. him anymore. Well, it's because Yoel stumble speaks well enough English. He he was he was all on an interview last year with him. He's like, that's still my boy. But like, you know, I don't Bro, even need like, Be- He was on a Bellator Media Day and they had no translator there. So it was like, what are we gonna do? Like <laughs> if he doesn't understand something, that's a little that's a little rough. But I think he still needs a translator. I met him in person and his English is still a little bit broken, but whatever. <laughs> Anyway, it's all good. Well, here, let, let's transition a little bit. Let's get into some fight news real quick. We did have some fight news coming out this week. And um, and I think the biggest news, and this actually came out, it is Tuesday, it was Wednesday. It came out actually this morning. John Bones Jones has officially signed on with a new agent, manager, advisor, is the what? former head of Golden Boy with uh, Oscar De La Hoya, Darnell, man, what are your thoughts on this, man? Because we both had really big thoughts on this. John Jones is single-handedly destroying his career. You said you wanted a certain amount of money from your boss, who you have a tricky relationship with because of the things you've done in the past, and you went and signed with somebody who has a terrible relationship with your boss in connection with Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy Promotion and Dana White. If you know Dana White well, he... Cannot stand Oscar De La Hoya. So John Jones thinks the UFC is going to work better with him now. Hopefully this year off that he said he's going to take, he may lose this guy and go back to your boys down in Miami, first round management, and beg for his... He should have never lost. He should have never left. And he should have never left. Like that's that, I think that was a horrible career decision. And to be honest, John Jones hasn't been the best person with making career decisions. So this is not surprising. I think so. He 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 signed with Richard Schaefer as a an advisor. So he he his big claim to fame was like the dude said, oh, he made all this these fights with with Floyd and with Manny and with with fucking uh um with Bernard Hopkins and and dude he named like five people uh, aside from Manny Pacquiao, the rest of them are retired. They haven't fought in forever. Richard Schaefer hasn't done anything. 
And and also here's the other thing. Why are you hiring a boxing person to come over to MMA and do this? It's a totally different business. It's a totally different game. It makes it was it's it's stupid. It's no such sense. a it makes zero sense. And John Jones again, once again, proves to the world that first of all, and I'm gonna say it, I don't care what anybody says. I'm truly starting to believe John Jones don't want the smoke at heavyweight. I truly am starting to believe that. Because at the end of the day, if you really wanted it, if if I know and you know that he's not getting the dollar amount that he's asking for, we literally know this much. He's not getting that. If he's not getting that, and we all know, oh, you I, you know, I know, it's been out there. We know the UFC is willing to give him. It's not changing. So the fact that he's still going out here and allowing this to happen, it proves to me one big thing. It says that I don't know if John wants to do this anymore. I think John likes going out there, lifting weights, talking shit on social media. Um, we cannot forget John. I feel like John Jones navigates and he doesn't remember. He thinks about all the good things that he's done, which he's done a lot of good. He put this thing on his Instagram, says that he sold 500 you know, $500 million worth of pay-per-view buys or some shit like that. That is so, you're not writing the full story. The only time you actually sold is when you sold with Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier gave you those pay-per-view sales. It wasn't just you. It wasn't. John Jones, out of all of, here's how the, for those who do not know, the UFC it, their pay structure is like this, and you have stars. You got the the people who like this who don't make that much cash, who don't sell, and then you got the Conor McGregor's and shit of the world over here, right? You got Conor McGregor, you got Jorge Masvidal, you got those guys. John pretty much lands in the middle. Literally lands in the middle. You know what that tells me? If you land in the middle, you're not that valuable. I don't care what you feel like you've done. He forgets. He's pissed hot three times. Pissed hot. I don't care what anybody says. Pico Grant's bullshit. You pissed hot. Don't nobody else piss hot this many times. He's pissed hot. He's admitted he hid under a damn uh, a fucking thing. They've moved a, an event. They literally had to move an event the week of the event because of John Jones pissing hot. He, had, he got kicked out multiple times for years at a time. Fam. You don't deserve that money. You had the opportunity to have it. You don't. And he's not going to get it. He don't want to fight, man. He doesn't want to fight. I'm telling you now. John Jones doesn't want to fight. I'm, 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 he, don't, he don't want to smoke with Francis Ngannou. He doesn't. Derek, 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 he don't Derek, want it with Derek. He don't want it with Derek either. And that's the thing. He don't too. want it. Derek goes in there and beats Ngannou. Then John Jones, you got to face a guy like Derek Lewis who could knock you out silly with one strike. And he's not easy to take down either. And a little, and a little birdie told me, a little, a little source told me, I'm getting an early birthday present. Not an early birthday present. I'm getting a birthday present because August seventh can't confirm. I can't completely confirm this, but it's going to be confirmed soon. We can't confirm or deny. <laughs> yeah, I can't confirm or deny. But allegedly, August, allegedly, August seventh, one of the greatest days of the year. Francis Ngadu, Derek Lewis is going to happen, and congratulations, to Derek Lewis, and I hope he makes. A lot of money off that fight. And he is happy. Man's driving Ferraris. He's doing all the good things. While he, he's dropping crack. people, trying to break into his car. He's knocking them out. <laughs> Bad decision on John Jones. It's not going to work out too well for him. 
We're not going to see him for another year. He might go into irrelevancy to where we don't even want to see him fight anymore at that point. It's two years. I, I am I am almost there. I am literally almost there. Because here's the thing. John he Jones, to me, is at the point in time that if you fight or not, first of all, you're not that entertaining anymore. Be honest with me. Was that Dom Reyes fight entertaining? Be honest no. with me. Was, was that Thiago only- Santos fight entertaining? No. I don't care about John Jones anymore. He's messing this up for himself. You know when I cared about John Jones? When I first thought he was going to go up to heavyweight and fight Francis Ngannou. I was like, oh, I was like that, that one meme. Oh, you peaked my, peak my curiosity. You have my attention. Now you peaked my curiosity. What's up? Now? Fuck out of here, bro. I don't care about you. Like, get out of here. And here, speaking to somebody else, that I don't, you have anything else to say about John? Do you feel like you want to say? One last thing. He's going to try yeah. to beat a lot of people, too, with his tweets and that delete, tweet and delete thing. Come on, man. That shit's lame, son. Come on, man. That's don't so like lame it. to me. I don't Loser like. I don't, I don't. I don't like or love it at all. Zero. Zero percent. That, it's so garbage to me. I. I am not a fan of it. You know what else I'm not a fan of? Fucking Joshua Fabia. I'm not a fan of Joshua Fabia. Fuck that guy too. Okay. The school of self awareness. I can't stand. And it seems like Diego feels this exact same way. Diego has finally left <laughs> this fucking guy. Look at he's God. Finally, Look at God. He, he's finally left him. And then as as most snakes in slimy skis bags do, what did he go out there and do? He goes out there and tries to shit on Diego afterwards in the media and stuff like that, saying that Diego took advantage of him for two years. Like Diego, like he was the one flipped upside down like a rack of meat getting tenderized. Fam, this has happened. It's over with. Or is the UFC going to bring Diego back? 100%. No, I think he completely tarnished his relationship with the UFC. You had plenty of opportunities <laughs> to, to help yourself, and you just kept riding for these guys. You let this guy talk to a bunch of UFC employees, employees that Dana White loves. Dana White after some people that Dana White doesn't really care about. The people he almost loves the most that he appreciates, you go after those people, and you let this guy do that? No, he's done. He's 100% done. That's why they gave him his money. Take the money and stay away from us. We don't want this to wash your hands with his name to be with us at all. Just get out of here. I see Diego maybe going to another organization, probably a risen or something like that, because Bellator don't want none of that. PFL definitely don't want any of that. that. 1FC doesn't even want to hear that. He'll probably end up somewhere else. Unfortunately, I hope he gets the help that he needs. That's what I want the most for Diego Sanchez. I hope he gets the help that he needs. I don't think he's a mean, disgusting person. I think he just makes bad decisions. And this happens to a lot of fighters. It could be a CTE thing. It could be a damaging. I don't know. Diego's been in a lot of battles and wars. A lot of them. I I just hope that he gets the help that he needs. And I hope that we never have to mention Josh Fabia's name ever again when we're talking about mixed martial arts. Amen. We'll we'll leave that one on that note because you're, you're absolutely correct. Dude, I mean, yes, there is a Josh Fabio is a pariah. I'm glad he's gone. Uh, but D- Diego is somebody that I feel like definitely probably has he's going through some type of CTE. And there's somebody who actually, for instance, got out before CTE settled in. And I yeah. wanted to take this time to salute. And I'm going to call him a legend, the legendary, the Irish dragon. Paul Felder announces his retirement. He is done. Record of 17 and 6, 9 and 6 in UFC. Salute to you, sir. 
CFFC. So in your opinion, what is Paul Felder's legacy? Paul Felder's legacy to me is a guy that always went in there, gave it his all, wasn't a guy who could, even if he lost a fight, he lost his fight on a good shield and you still wanted to see him fight again. And they put him in a cage with another beast or another monster. Had some, he has a victory over the current UFC champion. And that victory has the last guy to beat him. Last guy to beat him. That victory will age well. And one of the most amazing broadcasters that the UFC has. 100%. He should be on the pay-per-views. I don't think he's been on a pay-per-view yet. Absolutely. We usually have him on the fight night cards. But put that man on a pay-per-view. An amazing father, as we see. They put that out there. He puts that out there sometimes. And just a really good human being and very honest about his thoughts and how he feels about something. And sometimes we don't get that enough. Paul Felder, here's to a great career, a smart guy for leaving when you feel like you don't have it and you don't want to do it anymore and not really? staying, overstaying when you, you know, probably should, you know, get out of there because you don't want to take damage because you're not motivated. 100%. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, he is one of my favorite, he was one of my favorite to watch. Always exciting. Went out there, got into, you know, always went to, went for the finish. Oh, it showed a heart of a lion at all times. He's he's a brilliant man inside, outside the cage. I'm I'm so excited to see what um, he has in store. Um, And I think that him in the UFC, I I absolutely, I would love to see him on the pay-per-views. I think he's that good. He's one of my favorites. I mean, I I could imagine, you know, him with DC and fucking, you know, and Anik. I I think there'll be a great time. I think the dude is amazing. Uh, Salute. To Paul Felder, um, amazing career. It did it the right way. Did it the right way. And here's the thing, people. 17 and 6. I'll say this real fast. People look at that and be like, oh, that's not a great record. That is what a record who somebody who fights only elite fighters is supposed to look like. That is what it is. Boxing, y'all ass. You have see sit. I'm 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 I've been so pissed off the last week. I can't I can't stand it. You should not be able to get you you how is it possible? That if you are the top 10 pound for pound and you've not at least faced half of those opponents aren't elite fighters. None of the people in the top 10 aside from Canelo Alvarez is like that. Paul Felder, 17 and 6, he fought elite fighters. Everybody he fought in the UFC, 9 and 6, all those people were elite, okay? He's amazing for that. 17 and 6, that is a warrior, that is a champion. I fucks with Paul Felder. Hey, to the Irish, cheers to the Irish Dragon. I wish I had a beer or something here to cheers to you, but I will do it for you. Put something out, put a video out, something like that, because you deserve it. Facts. Oh, salute to Paul Felder. But yo, with that being said, man, um, I think that's about it, man. Anything else you want to talk? Any quick hits or anything that, you know, the lingering that you want to talk about? You guys know you can go on my page and get this fire ass merch that just fire. Dropped. Make sure we got tank tops, we got hats, we got t-shirts. Mystic Black MMA represent the brand. I appreciate you guys so much. Of course, you know where you can find me. There it is. I love it, man. And as you know it, I'm your boy, Serge. You sent that the Fight Podcast. Check us everywhere out. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher for both shows, all of our shows. You can find us all everywhere podcasting is available. Find us all on our IG, me, at the Fight Podcast, and at Serge Vicente over here at Darnell Giovanni and at Mystic Black. This is how we get down. We are the dynamic duo in MMA. This is Brothers in Combat, not your average MMA podcast. We love you guys. We'll see you next time right here on the show. Boom! Deuces!